Welcome to the OTL NRL Fantasy Podcast. Podcast. Bringing you comprehensive news and analysis designed to help you dominate your NRL fantasy season. G'day footy fans, welcome back to the OTL NRL Fantasy Podcast. On today's episode, we've got a review of both of our teams. We've got all the big headlines in the fantasy rundown, who's hot, who's not, and we'll round out the show with the trades that we're thinking at this early stage. I'll bring you in, Justin. How did you fare last week? Give me your score, rank change, and any conundrums you're facing this week. Yeah, I was quite happy with my score, mate. I um, ticked over a, a thousand after the updates, which was nice. I was stuck on nine nine eight um Sunday night, but uh, it was nice to wake up the next morning and see those three extra points. It just made me feel a bit giddy inside. <laughs> I'm with you, mate. It's nice to break the one thousand barrier. Uh, what did that do with your rank? Were you heading in the right direction? Yeah, only just above par, it seems, because I only went up about 400 spots, but I'm inside the 3K now, just uh, at 2.9, so I'm quite happy with that, mate. Definitely within reach, and looking at your side, is there any obvious conundrum that you're facing this week or an area that you're looking to improve? Uh, My bench was a bit weak this time. As you know, I've got Kepi. I was riding high really last week. Thought I was a a god playing him, mate, and um, back down to earth (laughs) this week, unfortunately. Didn't have the output that he had the previous two weeks, unfortunately, but hopefully he can bounce back for you. He has been a handy cash cow and uh, someone that you were talking up a little bit in the early rounds. So I'm glad to see that you jumped on and backed your boy and uh, let's see how he goes this week. Uh, Over on my side, uh, I also broke the 1000 barrier. So two weeks running for me. Um, So I've closed my rank in now to 1.1K. So um, my score was 1,035. And with Fafita in the emergencies, that was pretty encouraging. Last week, I did speak about being slightly concerned about the cash generation from my emergencies, but Thompson, Katoa, and Ben Murdoch-Masilla all took a step in the right direction. So that was probably the most pleasing part as I'm very much still focused on cash gen over anything else at this stage. So that was nice. Uh, I do have 308K in the bank, which is my Nico Hines fund. I am going to bring him in next week, but looking at my team, I'm pretty happy with where we're set up at the moment and uh discussions tonight might sort of lead me in the way for uh a move this week yeah mate you had a uh, really elite trade you traded out carrigan which i thought was maybe a little bit early mate but it looked like an absolute master stroke yeah it was a difficult one to trade out a keeper in carrigan but i really wanted the cash gen and the scoring upside of zach hosking so This year, I've played a little bit differently where in previous years, I wouldn't have considered trading someone like Carrigan at all throughout the season. But we've got some of these cheapy and mid-range options that are going toe-to-toe with the premiums in terms of their weekly output. And they're just offering a much better dollar for point value. So Hosking did come into my side and he did score a try with 59 points, almost got another try. Uh, We'll talk about him a little bit later in the podcast, but I'm hoping he can lock down that spot in the longer term. So we'll jump over now, Justin, to the fantasy rundown and we'll go through some of the big headlines. (laughs) 
little news jingle there, mate. How good. Uh, the first headline we've got here is the biggest sale of the year. So we've gone through and handpicked some of the bargains that are on offer at the moment. And we start off with James Tedesco at the Roosters. Yeah, one of my favourite fantasy assets. I was uh, disappointed to not start with him, but now I'm kind of glad because he's dropped a huge 161K. He's out this week with that head knock issue. He's going to have a really high break even when he comes back. So he could be under 600K come round seven or eight. Although Origin is getting closer, I think it's going to be hard to pass up James Tedesco, particularly if he does drop under that 600K with a break even of 69. As if you have a look through his career history, taking out injury affected games, he averages 56. So Definitely some value there for James Tedesco. If the Roosters do continue to build throughout the season like they have in previous years. But the second one on the list, uh, another big saving on offer here, 14% off, in fact, of his starting price. It's Matty Burton from the Bulldogs. Mate, it's good to see you got your little calculator out there and did the percentage, mate. I'm really proud of you for doing that, mate. (laughs) Of but course. it's good to see he um, got his scoring back up this weekend as well. So is that is that the new normal? What do you reckon? I'm really pleased with what I'm seeing from Matty Burton. There was a little bit of a concern a couple of weeks ago when Kyle Flanagan had the kicking tee, but we found out post-game that that was just due to some tightness with Matty Burton. He has regained the kicking duties and you know, kicking up to 600 metres per game. I think he's got a really good base. The Bulldogs are showing some... Heart out there at the moment, a great win over the weekend. And of course, Matty Burton was coming up with the clutch play uh, to get us that victory. So I can see him taking that confidence forward and continuing to be a good asset. He's a little bit different to James Tedesco in that he's already turned the form around and his price is on the way back up. So he had a 19K rise last week and he comes into this week with a break even of 25. So Season average of 44 after a slow start, but that three-game average is now at 56. So I think he's a great option if you're someone maybe that missed Sean Johnson. He could be a decent alternate at that price point. Yeah, agree. I'm looking at him at the moment, but I'm just not sure if I can get him in because one of the guys we're going to talk about is uh, highly on my radar as well. I look forward to finding out who that is. Uh, So we've covered off a fullback and a half there. So we'll jump over and have a look in the bargain bin via way of the edge options. And we've got Hudson Young at 626K now. Yeah, he's lost a huge 150K as well, mate. He's one of my players that I really love to watch. I had him in a couple of years in draft, and he really helped me, especially get the win last year as well. But last round, mate, he only got 38 and he scored a try. So it is a little bit concerning. Is his fantasy output going to be there because the Raiders are a bit average this year or where's he going to sit? I think it was a difficult task for anyone in that Raiders side to score well. They were absolutely blown off the park and Hudson Young spent most of the game watching Cleary uh, kick conversions. So <laughs> not a lot of action for him and it is a bit of a concerning stat line, but I think you can put that down to the fixture. He had two 60-plus scores before that and I think at nearly 20% less than his starting price, I think he's a decent option if you're looking for a bit of a pod and need to fill a gap in the edge position. But we'll jump over now to a hooker that's looking like great value and it's Jaden Braley over at the Knights. Yeah, this is the one that's in my little black book. I really like 
his buy coverage. Um, I need a hooker because I've only got Grant at the moment, so I'm going to need somebody come in. He's got a five in his three-game rolling average, so he's definitely going to still lose a little bit of cash or hover around what he's at. But at 604K, mate, he averages early to mid-50s. I think he's um, a great buy. I agree. Outside of that round two game where he left the field injured, he's got an average of 54 points this season, and he's currently priced at 42. So a lot of value there. Could be a really handy scorer for you and a cash cow that will lead to another premium in the position down the line. Uh, We'll jump over into the center shelf now over in the bargain section here. And we've got Zach Lomax, not a name that I've heard this season at all, really. I do have him in draft, so I've had one eye on him. But like Braley, he's got a low score in his rolling average that will hopefully bring that price down. Yeah, like you just said, mate, he's got a nine in his rolling average. So it looks like he is going to drop a little bit more cash. He is still a premium center and going to be in that 500K sort of bracket. But historically, he's averaging in the early 40s to mid 40s. And he does goal kick as well. So he does have good base stats. Again, I think he's a lower owned alternative to a popular buy in recent weeks in Lemu Elu. If you wanted to go a little bit different there, I think you can expect Zach Lomax to uh, regress back to where he's been in previous years in those low 40s. Uh, but that's the bargain bin for this week. There's a few other guys there, Justin, that might be an honourable mention. Did you want to touch on those? Yeah, a couple more. Um, I know a few people were hot on Tyson Frizzell to start the season. He's dropped a little bit. He's around the same price as Jaden Braley. Uh, I know he's a bit injury prone, but he's on my little list. Latrell Mitchell hasn't been going that well as well. He's dropped about 70-odd thousand. Bit risky, um, but I don't mind him. And John Bateman's on my radar as well after only playing 60 minutes last week. So in a couple of weeks, um, we'll see how the Tigers are going, but uh, he's one that I'd really like in my team. Well, we'll keep a close eye on all of those guys over the coming weeks, and we'll try and highlight some bargain buyers throughout the season. Uh, So the next headline we've got, Justin, is it ain't easy being cheesy. And Brandon Smith has had a tough go at it to start the season. Uh, His career at the Chooks has been a little bit up and down, battling through those hurdles, but he might be back on the menu now. Yeah, exactly, mate. He looked really good. I think the buy really did him well. He came back with a 48 point in 68 minutes. But the big thing is now he's only 477K, which that means he's priced in the 30s. I think there's a lot of money to be had there. He's got dual position. I think I'm going to pick him back up again, which I hate to say, but I think he might be back in my team this week or the next week. Yeah, I'm right there with you, mate. I could definitely do with some mid-cover from the bench and having Sonny Luke as my only hooker cover at the moment who's really struggled to get going, having that additional coverage at hooker as well would be perfect. So if you think about how highly owned he was leading into the season, I think now at what nearly 100k cheaper, uh, we've got to be interested again here as he hasn't changed in terms of the style of player he is. Uh, His role is not wildly different to what we expected it's just that he's had that injury so i think if we were interested then uh we certainly should be now and i think if he can hit mid 40s there's plenty of money to be made there and i don't mind that shout either uh but we'll jump on to the final 
headline in the fantasy rundown. And it's one that we actually wrote before Team List Tuesday, but I thought we'll keep it in here as it still leads into a good discussion. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. And that relates to the Cardi party and whether or not that's come to an end, Justin. What a party that's been as well, mate. It's been an epic, like we were back uh, teenager days. 250K plus. He's still only got a break even in the 20s. Like you just said, he has been named on the edge. Uh, Hopgood's been put back to the bench with Madison in the 13. So it'll be interesting to see how the minutes go. I'm still expecting he's going to have 55 to 60 minutes. So he's not going to be a keeper, but I think he'll still get a little bit more cash, but then we'll trade him out and upgrade him hopefully in a couple of weeks. That's the key takeaway, I think. Certainly a hold this week, but still have it in the back of your mind that you're probably going to want to move him on next week or the following. So I'm assuming you're thinking that Hopgood will come on at lock, push Madison onto an edge and Cartwright to the bench. That's probably how I see it panning out as well. Although they have got Greg starting at front row and I can't see him punching out massive minutes. So maybe Hopgood steals a few more from there and Cardi gets a bit more game time. We'll just have to wait and see, but certainly have your plans to move on from him in the coming weeks. But what about Hopgood? He's got a break even, I believe, in the mid-40s now. Coming off the bench, a bit of an unknown. Are you going to move off him straight away, or are you going to get a bit of a look and see how effective he can be off the interchange? Yeah, it's a really interesting one, mate. I, I think I texted you earlier today saying I couldn't believe he was 720K, similar price to Carrigan, and um, his price is right up there. So um, he's one that I'm going to wait and see this week. Like you said, his break even, he's 40. He's very conducive to fantasy, loves an offload, loves a loves a uh, fend. So I'm going to hold him definitely this week and just wait and see what his output is. Again, like Cartwright, I think it would be fine to hold him this week, but they actually have Polo to come back into that side as well, and that's going to make things even harder for Hopgood. So he's been a great buy. He's made plenty of money. I think uh, just look at the positive side. We've got some potential fallen guns and other players we can go to, which might lead to a bit more variety in teams and kind of break up. Uh, some of the template that's happening at the moment in NRL fantasy, but that wraps up the rundown, Justin. Let's jump straight into the transaction trends ahead of round six. Who's hot? Who's not? We'll kick things off, Justin, with the who's hot list. Who's the most traded in player this week? Yeah, as of tonight, mate, Tuesday, it's our man, Sean Johnson. Another massive game, 89 points. If you had a started with him at the season, you would have been very, very happy to know that he he's averaging 67 points. That's crazy. I would have never picked that. Yeah, exactly. We both got on Sean Johnson nice and early and haven't looked back. His price is going to continue to climb, and he's been a fantastic scorer, even putting Nico Hines to the sword in their head-to-head battle over the weekend. So I definitely couldn't talk anyone out of buying him now, although he is getting up there in price. The number two on the list is Zach Hosking. Justin, I brought him in last week. Is he in the plans for you at all, or is this one you're letting go through to the keeper now? Yeah, big conundrum here, mate, because I really want him because I think he's going to still score in the 50s, but I just can't get him in this week. But like you said, um, he's a good asset. Garner and Martin are sidelined again, so we can't really rule out that he's not going to be starting forever. 
But like you said, he really passes the eye test, and I know you're really confident that he's got that edge position for the remainder of the season. Confident slash just really hoping he does. So it would have been nice for Garner and or Martin to come back into the side to give us a bit more information. But I just think with the way he's played uh, a try in each of the last two games, a really good combination with Nathan Cleary. I feel like he offers everything that Garner does in attack, but on the defensive side of things, he seems to have a bigger work rate and uh, he's a little bit more effective as well. So Really like Zach Hosking. I'm thinking that he does hold down that spot. And if he does, I think he'll be a fantastic asset for fantasy teams. The next on the list, Justin, is a guy that you were really keen on in the preseason and nearly started with in Reese Walsh. He continues to go from strength to strength. Yeah, mate. If he wasn't out round one, I think he would have been in my team. But it would have meant Miller wasn't in my team. So probably not the worst thing that could have happened. But again, on the weekend, mate, he just looked absolutely electric. Another score in the 50s, three try assists, two line break assists. What can't he do? The Broncos have got so many game breakers in that side. And yeah, none bigger than Reese Walsh. Uh, really good to watch. The Broncos are enjoying a nice run of fixtures at the moment. And I can see him going from strength to strength. I can't get him, uh, unfortunately. So it's going to be a tough watch those Broncos games are to come. But next on the list, he's back in a big way, Justin. Nathan Cleary. Uh, People didn't jump on last week, but they're coming to the party now. Yeah, more people are getting on him this week after another nice 80 points. He's just a solid captaincy option. So if you haven't got Hines, uh, even Haas or Grant, um, you probably need him in your team just to to round it out for that solid captaincy. I agree. And... Going down to the other end of the scale in terms of price, another guy that um, we would say you probably need in your side at the moment, particularly given he's got that dual position status as well, but young Jackson Ford. Yeah, another one that I traded in this week along with Cleary finally got on board, but he's trucking along, 43 on the weekend, pretty much all in base. He got 41 tackles. If he's going to make that sort of impact, get in the mid-40s, he's still got a lot of cash to make. And like you said, he's got Jewel. It's a good asset. I agree. So that HIA-affected game really gave people that missed him a second opportunity to jump on, and it looks like uh, they're heading that way this week. Uh, the who's not list, Justin. We've got James Tedesco headlining this one. He's dropped a stack of cash. We spoke about it earlier, probably a buy in the coming weeks, but I guess people are – maybe having their hand forced with the fact that he's going to miss this week due to that head knock. Yeah, I think that's what it's all about, mate. People are a bit put off with him, and I can see why people might go straight to Reese Walsh if they've got just slightly a bit of cash there. But for me, if I started with him, you know what Tedesco is. You know what wing fullbacks can do. They do have those up and down games. As you mentioned, he's a buyer coming up, so... I probably wouldn't be trading him out. If I did own him, I'd just be writing it out. I agree. And another guy that's being traded out that could be a strong hold, given he has been named to return from a knee complaint, Tohu Harris. Yeah, missed last week with that knee injury. I did trade him out last week just because of it. But he's named to start this weekend, and the mail is that he is definitely going to start. So fingers crossed. But he does have a high break even due to his injury in round five. I can see if you're trading him up to, you know, Cleary, Hines or someone like that. 
But if not, like you said, he could be a hold because he's probably someone that people are going to want in your team in three to four weeks over that origin period. That's right. I think this one really depends on your team makeup. I can definitely see some people moving him to someone like Hosking. Uh, there is some risk there with uh, Garner and Martin set to come back. But if Hosking can go close to him in scoring at his cheap price point, that might be just a way to free up some cash and allow you to jump on someone like Hines from round seven onward. A guy I didn't expect to see on this list, I didn't think he'd be highly enough owned uh, to be on the most traded out list, but James Fisher-Harris has landed himself as one of the most traded out this week. Yeah, same for me, mate. I don't really see him in the um, classic circles in draft. He's always a solid sort of mid-40s player, so you can't really complain. But, um, yeah, he's traded out because he's got a bit of an injury and he's out for a few weeks. So if you've got him, unfortunately, due to his injury, you've got to trade him out. And we'll round out the list with a guy that I reluctantly traded out last week, Paddy Carrigan. I wouldn't panic if you're a Carrigan owner. He didn't get his second stint in this game simply because he wasn't required against the Tigers there, but plenty of people are cutting ways with him. Yeah, you can understand why you get a little bit frustrated. I am one of those people that could be potentially chopping him just so (laughs) I can um, have those funds for fines next week. But I'm not going to be surprised if he comes back to his mid to late 50s this week in a bit more competitive game. He's as solid as a rock, isn't he? Uh, We spoke a little bit about him last week. Uh, I just think there's kind of night and day between him and someone like Payne Haas where they can both get the job done in base, but Payne Haas just has that incredible attacking upside. Uh, We all seen... It was the last tackle, a couple of metres out from the try line, and Payne Haas found himself a dummy half, didn't even look to see where Adam Reynolds was. He knew exactly what he was doing, and that was pick up the ball, run over whoever was in front of him and score a try. So I think he had one of the all-time great PPMs in that game due to those attacking stats. So um, I do wish I started the year with Haas instead of Carrigan, and then I probably would have let Hosking go or found another route to get him in, but he's as solid as a rock. And yeah, mid to high fifties, I think is where he'll land mostly in base with a few offloads chucked in. Yeah, exactly, mate. I was watching that Haas try. I was so excited as an owner, (laughs) but then I saw he only played 50 minutes. He was on, he was on board for a hundred plus score, mate. And I really needed that to uh, catch up to you. Yeah, so you're not far behind me, and uh, even though he didn't play many minutes, he certainly did a job for you. I didn't even think he got up to uh, 50 minutes, actually. I'm just having a quick look now in the fantasy app. Yeah, 46 minutes, so he doesn't need much to uh, to hit that 70-plus pain Haas. He's an absolute weapon. Yeah, mate, if only had he got uh, 66 minutes, and uh, we might have had a similar score, and I might have been catching you, mate, but better <laughs> luck next time for me. Plenty of time, mate. It's only early doors, but uh, that wraps up the podcast for today. Justin, uh, we might do a Q&A on the socials this week. Just throw a comment out there and uh, answer people in the threads. So if you're not following us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, make sure you jump on and give otl.fantasyrl a follow, and uh, we'll jump in and answer some questions on those through the week. But thanks for listening, and uh, thanks for joining me, Justin. I'll uh, chat to you tomorrow. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to the OTL NRL Fantasy Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe and leave a review. For more NRL Fantasy content, visit outoftheirleague.com.au and we'll catch you on the next one.